We started off talking on signs and wonders there a few weeks ago. And you know what? I'm going to continue on talking on signs and wonders um, again this evening. And um, you know what? Signs and wonders is something that many times people will say that signs and wonders has passed away. Did you ever ha have people say that? They'll say signs and wonders has passed away. Um, and you know what? You'll have people tell you that all the time. You know that there's that, that it's it passed away with the apostles. But you know what? I when I'm trying to establish here this evening and establish over the last couple of weeks is that you know what? Signs and wonders is still available for us today. Do you know what? We're in the church age, and if it was there at the beginning of the church age, it's there for all of the church age. Amen. Do you know what the the move of God still? We still have a right in the move of God to believe God for great and mighty things. Things. Amen. Every single one of us. You know, um, there a few weeks ago, you know, I went to um, Jack and Jones. And I like going to Jack and Jones and shopping in it because it makes me feel young. Amen. That's why I go to Jack and Jones. I like Jack and Jones. It's, it's probably my favorite shop for, for, uh, for, shop for shopping in. And, um, but you know what? I went to Jack and Jones there just after Christmas. And there was a jacket that I was looking for. It was a blue jacket. And I had went in the day before. And um, I seen that the jacket was in the shop and it was, it was half price. It was actually less than half price and I really wanted to get it. But I had a gift voucher for Jack and Jones so I wanted to use it. So I came in the next day and I took the gift voucher with me. But when I went into the shop, I said to the girl, where was the reel that was here at the front of the shop? And she said, no, um, whatever was on that reel, she says, is all gone. And I was, I was disappointed because I really wanted this jacket. But you know what? I went... And I started to look through that shop. And I, I worked my way through the shop. And I got right to the bottom of the, the shop. And I found the jacket that I was looking for. And there it was right at the very back of the shop. The day before, it was right at the front of the shop. And boy, I was delighted whenever I seen it. And um, I tried it on and it was a perfect fit. And Donna says, you know what, there's good to go. And so I went, I went and I bought it. But you know what, here's the reality of it. You know what? A staff member in that shop told me that that jacket wasn't available. And you know what? I could have just walked out of that shop and I would have missed out on what was available for me. You understand? I could have left that shop and walked away from that shop because I was told by someone that it wasn't available for me. I was told by someone wearing... Um, the, 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 the clothing of the shop and wearing a tag of the shop that told me that it wasn't available to me because it was sold and that's it, it's all gone, it's finished we won't be getting that back in and that's it, it was there okay yesterday but it's not available today do you know what, that's the way it is many times for people um, in, in the church world, they have been told by someone who's one of God's staff members so to speak that this isn't available for you. And that isn't available for you. But you know what? The best thing to do is to go and go to the book yourself. And find out is it available for you. And you know what? If God's word says it's available for you. I'm telling you believe. <coughs> Amen. You believe. Go and find out for yourself. It's not what the Bible tells us to go and find out for ourselves. The Bible tells us to go and search. And see if it's so. The Bible tells us that you know. That's where it is out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. You go and find out for yourself. You get into the scripture. And you find out for yourself. If it is for you or if it's not for you. Amen. And you know what? I, I went to the word of God and I have studied the word of God over the years. And I'm telling you, there's nobody could talk me out of what God has for me. Nobody could. Amen. As I said last week, I've had circumstances 
Try to talk me out of what God has for me. I've had health issues. Try to talk me out of what God has for me. Do you know what? I've had people try to talk me out of what God has for me. But I'll tell you, when you have a revelation of what God says, there's nobody can talk you out of what God's Word says. And here's the reality of it. If you're told that it's not available to you, that's it for you. You won't believe for it. Amen? You won't believe for it. But Jesus said, for us, it's, 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 it's unto us according to our faith. Now, I was always by faith, by faith, by faith. And you know what? We need to stay in faith and believe God for the things that God has for us. You know, if God's given you promises from the Word of God, don't let anybody talk you out of what God has for you. Amen? Amen? If, you if, if it's there in the Word of God and you can find the promises of God, it's yours. It belongs to you. All the promises of God are yes and they're amen. They didn't die away with the apostles. Amen. You can see moves of God all through church history. But you know what it took? It took someone to believe God. Well, you know what? It's up to us to believe God in our generation. And here's the reality of it. Many people are waiting to see it before they start to declare it and before they start to speak it. But my Bible tells me that you have to believe it first. Amen. You have to believe it and say it before you see it. Amen. Amen. And I'm more persuaded with what God says than what anybody else says. Amen. And I'm going to stick with what God says. And I am going to believe God in my generation. Amen. I'm going to believe God. I'm going to believe God to see great things in my generation. And I pray that you're doing the same. And believe and to see great things in your generation. Amen. You know, I'm going to continue on tonight. I'm going to talk on a message tonight that I have called, um, I'm not shocked. And I'll get down to that as we go along. But I'm going to be talking about the wonders aspect of signs and wonders tonight. And really, when you talk about signs and wonders, do you know what? Um, wonders is really this here. This is, when you talk about signs and wonders, this is wonders here, okay? Wonders is really the wow factor. Do you know what the wow factor is? Whenever you're like, wow! That's whenever you have seen a sign and it's left you wondering. Okay? What on earth went on there? That was out of the blue. That was different. Amen. That was different. But you know what? Here, um, I picked this image here tonight um, off the Grand Canyon. Um, several years ago, I was in um, America. We went to America in, in, uh, with church at the time. And there was a whole squad of us went. We went over to Tommy Burnett's church um, over in Phoenix, Arizona. And, um, but you know what? We had done, went to lots of meetings and different things. But we had a day set aside where we had planned to go to the Grand Canyon. And here's the reality of it. I wasn't even going to go. Because you know what? I thought... We've got the causeway. You can't beat that. You know what I mean? We, you can go up to the Giant's Causeway. I'll tell you, what's going to touch that? That's an amazing sight up there. And, and it is. It's an amazing sight as well. Anytime I've been up, I haven't been too often, but anytime I have been at the Giant's Causeway, it's, it is amazing. It's amazing just to go and see it. It's, I love scenery anyway. Me and Donna could drive around all day and just drink coffee and drive around and we would be as happy as Larry because we like looking at stuff and just driving in the country and talking and Donna might sleep and then wake up and I'll have an all coffee. And, but that's just the way it goes. And we like doing that. That's one of the, the, one of the things that we really like doing in life. But you know, I wasn't going to go to, to see the Grand Canyon. And do you know why I wasn't going to go to see it? There, one of the reasons that I wasn't going to see it because I just thought this is just a bunch of rocks. And I really wasn't interested. And another thing was we had to drive on a bus. Like for the day that we were driving, 
Um, we were on the bus for something like five hours in total that day. We were, it took us a long time to get there. We seen it, then we got on the bus and we went down part of Route 66 and all of that kind of stuff, which I'm going to drive up someday on a Harley Davidson. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's one of my dreams. Amen. <laughs> I'll be up on a Harley bad boy flying down the road. <laughs> That's a dream of mine. But here's here, here but you know what? I wasn't gonna go because I don't like travelling if I'm a backseat driver. I just don't like travelling. And I'm not one I, like me and Donna went to Dublin um, last year and I had to get off the bus. I was like, get me off this bus, because I just see all that turning around and not knowing where I'm going. I get really hot and flustered. So I was thinking, I don't know why I want to be on a bus for five hours. And um, then I'm just going to see a bunch of rocks. But I'll tell you what, you see, whenever I went and I seen that thing, that was one of those things I wasn't expecting to see it. But it blew me away. It left me actually lost for words. And I, I like, anybody knows me, I like, I like taking photographs. So I was, the camera out and I just kept taking photographs and take, kept taking photographs. And you know what, it was, just, it was just an amazing sight. And I'm glad I went. But you know what, I was left... With that there, I was left with the wow factor. We all know what the wow factor is. You know what the wow, when you're, le when you're left really standing in awe, looking and just going, wow. Has anybody ever had those moments in life? Yeah. Or some, seen your wife coming down the aisle? No. <laughs> you went, whoa, praise God. But you know what, you've, we've all had those moments in life where we've had that, we've had that um, wow factor in life where we've, look, we've seen something or, or have you ever went to something and you were expecting it to be rubbish but when you got there it was absolutely amazing and you were like, but I'm glad I went because that was absolutely brilliant. It can work the other way as well. We are expecting it to be great and then it's a letdown. But you know what, when you have something that wows you, do you know what that is? That's really what the meaning is of a sign and a wonder. A sign points to something, really what it's pointing to. A sign points to Jesus and it's letting you know God's real. So when people see something that's really out there, that's beyond their thinking and their logic, it leaves them dumbed in their thinking and thinking, what? No, I can't explain this. What on earth has went on? And you know what? We need times like that in the move of God to where you can't explain what happened apart from just to say, but God. Amen? Had to be God. Thank God for the but God in the Bible. Amen? But God. Let me tell you, we'd all be failures but God. We're all lost but God. I love it. But God who is rich in mercy. For his great love wherewith he loved us. Even when we were dead and trespassing and sins. Thank God he sent Jesus to die for us. We were all lost but God. And we can have those moments in our lives but God. Amen. Um, you know, I, I, when I'm talking about awe here. I want to just lay, just look at, look at a couple of scriptures. I'm just going to call these out. I don't have these particular ones up. But I want to lay this here foundation as well. Because you know what? It's, there's, a, there's a healthy awe of God. And I'm going to talk later about an unhealthy, an unhealthy awe of God, God as well. Okay? This is a healthy awe of God. How many of you know that we should... We should Look at our God and say, our God is a great God. Yes. Amen. Our God's a mighty God. You know what? Never lose sight of the fact that your God is a great and a mighty, awesome God. Sometimes people lose sight of that. Sometimes people lose sight of the fact that God is greater. You know what? They face circumstances and they get bewildered. You know, one of the things that has kept me pressing on as a Christian all of these years, and sometimes when I say pressing on, I don't mean I'm struggling. I mean, I'm just going forward. You know one of the things that keeps me going forward as a believer? I keep 
before me every day the awareness that I serve a mighty God. That I serve a good God. The Bible says make his praise glorious. Amen. Make his praise glorious. Shout his name. Amen. Make his name glorious. And his name is glorious. And we should never lose, lose sight of the fact that we serve a great and a mighty God. Amen. You know, the Bible says, I'll just call these couple of scriptures out quick, but in Psalms 4, 4, it says they're stand in awe. That's talking about stand in awe of God. You know what awe is? You know what? You'd add on to that awesome. You know what? When you look at God, He is an awesome God. He is a mighty, awesome God. Um, I, I, I had a song just come out. Like, it's not a song like that you would sing maybe in church too often. It's not like a, a, a great hill songs song or a battle song or something like that. But I had a song come out of me one night. Um, I was, I was, um, I was um, up home and on the way home I was on my own and I was, I was just praying. And out of my spirit just came this song. Oh yes you are. You're a mighty awesome God, awesome in power and might, turning people's night into light, turning people's dark into light. Oh, yes, you are. I mean, I sung out there near the whole way home that you are and declared it, that you are an awesome, mighty God, awesome in power and might. Amen. And I tell you, our God is awesome in power and might. Amen. Um, in Psalms 33 as well, there. Um, it talks about God making the heavens and you know what all the things that he's made verse 8 it says let all the earth fear the Lord let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him amen you know what we should never lose that awe of God and you know what that simply means to respect God you know when the Bible says to fear God it doesn't mean to be terrified of him it just means have a worshipful, worshipful respect of who he is he's a great God Amen. He's a great God. Do you know what? I know God as my, like, as in, um, as in my father God. I know the Bible calls him Abba Father. And Abba is Daddy God. And I have a close, intimate relationship with him. Though I know him as, as Daddy God. Not just as, you know, Father. But I also know him as Father as well. I know him that he is Father. He's a great God. But I still have that intimacy to draw close to him. But in drawing close to God, you never lose the awareness of who he actually is. You understand what I'm saying? He's a great God. He made heaven and earth. Amen. He set the children of Israel free from the land of Egypt with a stick. Praise God. He parted the Red Seas. He's a mighty God. You know what? He came into this planet in a, a, in a physical body. He stepped into this planet. Um, Jesus Christ came into this planet, took on a physical body, walked this earth for you and for me, and died in our place, and, and was buried and rose again from the grave. Why? By might and power, he's a great and a mighty God. He's an awesome God. We should never lose that awareness of who he is. Um, there's terms that it talks about God as well. It'll talk about God as, as um, he's a terrible God. The word terrible there is talking about awesome. When you read in the Bible that God's a terrible God, it's saying he's an awesome God. Yeah. He's an awesome God or a dreadful God. Those terms that were used in the Old Testament. It is talking about our God as an awesome, mighty God. Let all the earth stand in awe of who our God is. And you know what? We, should, we need that awareness, that awe of who he is. Have you ever had God move in your life and you've just stood in awe? My God, you're just amazing. Amen. God, you brought me through. Or God, you set me free. Or God, you got me that breakthrough. Or God, you came through for me again. Oh God, I just love you. You're a mighty God. We should never lose that awareness. 
of how great our God is. One of the best ways to do it is to praise Him every day. Instead of complaining, why don't we just praise God for how good He is? Amen. Lift Him up. Amen. Um, again, over in Malachi as well, um, it, talks, it talks there um, in Malachi about bringing offerings to God. And it's talking about people who were bringing their worst to God instead of bringing their best to God. And God said, I have to accept it. Do you think I just accept anything that comes to me? And I know, like, you know, you can go back there and you can teach on law and you can teach on punishment and you can teach on the, you know, the, the, um, the punishment that comes if you don't tithe and all of these kind of things. I, I thank God that we're not under that punishment mentality any, anymore. I'm not under the law of the tithe anymore, but I am still under the principle of the tithe. I'm not under the law where I'm cursed with a curse. But how can I be cursed with a curse when Jesus took my curse for me? How can you be cursed when he took your curse for you? How can you be still indebted to God when Jesus paid your debt in full? Amen. We're not indebted to God. But we still live under the principle of given. Because given you shall receive. Amen. They're principles that we live by. We live by faith. You know, I'm still a giver. And I still tithe. But I don't tithe out of fear. I don't give out of fear. I give out of love. I know I have a good God who looks after me and takes care of me. I give by faith. I don't give because I have a gun to my head. I don't give because somebody's manipulating me. Amen. I don't give. You know, many times you go on TV now, and I, I, and I say this not to criticize ministries. That's why I, I would never, unless I, was, I really knew somebody was off the devil, I would maybe call out their name. But sometimes people are just deceived. Okay, but you know, they're good people. But you know what, you put on TV now, and sometimes you'll hear people say things like this. And any one of us could do it if we wanted. I could do it. I know how to do it if I want to. But I'm just not going to manipulate people. But you know what, you could turn around and say, do you know what? In Malachi, Malachi chapter 1 and verse 18. Whoa, have a word from God for you tonight. If anybody gives 18 pound tonight, there's a special blessing for you. Have you heard it? Amen. And then, whoa, I feel in my spirit. You know, I could do it. Do you know what it is? It's, it's persuading people through manipulation. And the worst thing is you take scripture to do it. So then we say, oh, feel a special anointing. You could go up higher tonight. You could go for the Uruk Bristol, the 180. Yeah. Instead of just 18, you could stick a knot in that. And so if you give tonight 180, there's a special extra blessing on top of that. And then, oh, all of a sudden, there's a special anointing in the room. One time only. Do many you know there's no one time only given in God? There's no one time... Sell boy in the market, one time only. Here tomorrow, gone. Here today, gone tomorrow. Get it quick, will it? That's do you, do you know what? We don't need Dale boy in the pulpit. He's good down in the market, but he shouldn't be in the pulpit. You know what? We're not selling blessings. Amen. How many of you know you can't sell a blessing? You need to start from the place of you're already blessed. Amen. Amen. You are blessed. Praise God. Amen. Amen. That's a good place to start. There are many times people say, now there's an extra blessing tonight. And then we put this on. There's ten people that you have it on your heart. You're in a need tonight. And if you give 1,800 tonight, you stick another knot on that. 
there is another extra blessing coming your way. Well, I can guarantee you there's at least 10 people listening who have serious need. Amen. But here's the thing about that. People's not given out of faith. They're given because somebody just said to do it. And they're trying to, they're trying to get a blessing. And it's, near, it's like sticking money in a slot machine and just ding, ding, and hopefully it's going to come out. But there's no faith involved in that. I'll tell you, I give today, but I don't give out of manipulation. I give by faith. Amen. I'm expecting good things to come my way. Not because, uh, not because of something somebody told me, but because God's word, word says that my God will supply all my needs according to his riches and uh, uh, glory by Christ Jesus. That's where my faith is based. Not on uh, a sell-by-date blessing that's going to go out of date at midnight, but you get in before midnight. Yeah. Amen. And the sad thing is, is do you know why people keep doing you know why they keep doing that? Is because Christians are gullible many times and they run to their phone because they're desperate for a miracle. Instead of teaching people to, to give on the level of their faith, what has God put in your heart to do? You know what? You you hear the word, and I tell you, God could put on your heart to give a certain figure, but you do that, that's between you and God. Amen. Praise God. That was for free. I'm not even going to charge for that blessing tonight. But anyway, what I was saying was, before that was that, you know what God said to the, to the people, don't, don't bring your worst to me. Bring your best to me. And then he said this, would you bring the worst to the governor? Or would you bring your, bring your worst to the leaders of the town? Would you bring your worst? Do you know what I mean? Just bring it to them and see what they think of it. Many of you know that, you know, with, a, with, a, with a, the government of the land, and many of you know you, you bring what they tell you to bring. Many of you know that. You just can't say, oh, well, you know what, I'll, I'll give you a few change, a few, a few, few bob here, there you go. They won't accept that. But what God was trying to say there was, you know what, he says, I'm a great God. I'm a mighty God. Don't bring me your worst, bring me your best. And you know what, for me in the, New, in the New Testament, you know what, I live with the awareness of how good my God is. You should live with the awareness of how good your God is. It's not a hard thing to bring to God and give Him your best. Whenever you know how good He is, because I'll tell you this, you'll never outgive God. You'll never outgive Him. He's your best interest at heart. Amen. But what I'm saying there is God is an amazing God. Never lose your awe of God. Now, when Jesus, you know, went about and he did all of the miracles and stuff like that, and right into the book of Acts, you can see when Jesus did awesome miracles, what happened was people stood in awe of God after those miracles were, were, were performed. People stood in awe. And I tell you, I long for the day when people come to church and they stand in awe of how great our God is. And it doesn't have to just be in church. It could be on the street. It could be over a, a coffee with someone. You know what? We need to learn to minister to people wherever we are. Amen. We're the church. We come together. We're the church as the body of Christ, okay? All of us is the body of Christ. But you know what? The body of Christ doesn't stay in a building. The body of Christ goes out to work and goes and meets people and goes and talks to people. And there's a, there's a million different people that have needs and you know what? Are going through things. And you know what? You can pray for them whenever you see them. You see them and if they are... Like I don't believe in forcing, forcing things down people's throats. But when the opportunity arise and people, I'll tell you many times when people are in need and you say, do you know what, I, uh, I will pray for you. If you want, I'll pray for you now. I'll tell you when people are desperate, they don't mind you praying for them. I've prayed with people on the street. 
Do you know why? Because they were in a desperate situation. And it's amazing when people are in a desperate situation. It's amazing to stop thinking, I wonder where I am, and is people looking at me? They don't care. Amen. They don't care. You know what they need? They're looking answers. And do you know what? You can, you can pray and believe for someone. Let me, let me just read this scripture out here. In Matthew 15 and verse um, um, 29, it says here, And Jesus departed from thence and came nigh unto the Sea of Galilee and went up into a mountain and sat down there. And great multitudes came unto him, having with them those that were lame, blind, dumb, maimed, and many others, and cast them down at Jesus' feet. And he healed them, insomuch that the multitudes wondered. When they saw the dumb to speak, the maimed to be whole, the lame to walk, and the blind to see, and it says, and they glorified God, the God of Israel. They glorified God. Again, it just shows that sickness and disease doesn't glorify God. Healing glorifies God. Amen. Healing glorifies God. That's what brings glory to God. A changed life brings glory to God. But it says here, insomuch that the multitudes wondered. And I'm just bringing, I could show you scripture after scripture, but it'll just take up a lot of time tonight. But you go and look when Jesus done signs and wonders. And right into the book of Acts, whenever the man at the gate beautiful, whenever he was healed, the Bible says that the people were in amazement. They were in wonder when they seen this man running about. It was just a, 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 a sight to behold. When Philip went down and preached, the Bible says there as well that, that Simon, he was in wonder when he seen what took place. And I tell you, God wants us to have that wow factor in the church. Amen? Now, here's what, here's what I want to look at just for a moment. Do you know, do you know that for us as believers, really, we, that's why I say it, there's a healthy awe, okay? Well, we are aware of who God is, okay? But there's an unhealthy awe or wonder as well, which we should not, for us the people of faith, we should not be there. And what I mean by, what I mean by that is, as I said, I called this message tonight, I'm not shocked. Do you see if you're blown away when God does great things? That's not a great thing. That's not a good thing. It's not a good thing for us as believers. To be blown away when God does great things for us. Let me put it this way. The other year there, 2016, Leicester won the, the league. How many of you were expecting that at the beginning of the year? Don is going, who's Leicester? <laughs> what, what, what's this? <laughs> but you know what? Nobody was expecting it at the beginning of the year. And do you know, what? Do you know why it was such a shock? Because no one was expecting it. Do you know as believers we're not to live like that? Do you know as believers for us and the things of God? Do you know what? We're not, to, we're not meant to live without expectancy. We're meant to live with expectancy. And if you're expecting God to do great things, you should never be what you would say a flabbergasted. If God moves in your life in a mighty way, you should not be flabbergasted. You should still be in awe of God and go, God, you are just amazing. That's good. That's a healthy words. You worship him and say, God, you know what? God, I know I believe you for great things, but God, when I say it, I just stand in awe of who you are. You are a great and a mighty God. That's a healthy awe. Where you never lose the awareness of who God is. That's a good place to be. But if you're like everybody else going, wow, no way. Can't believe it. That's not a good place to be. Amen. That's not a good place to be. 
you know, if you're going to be a person of great faith, you also have to be a person of great expectancy. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for. And hope is an earnest expectation of good. So if you believe God's good and you believe God's face is shining towards you and you believe that you are in the favor of God and you believe that God's goodness is abounding towards you and you start getting your expectancy up and God comes through for you, you should have been expecting it. And when it comes through, you should go, wow, God, I know it's amazing. But you know what? I was expecting that. I've been believing God. I've I've been believing you for that. Even if it takes 10 years, even if it takes 20 years. It's worth believing for. Some, you know, if it's, if it's worth believing God for at the start, it's worth holding on and keep believing God for. Have you ever heard something, you know, that somebody done and, you know, maybe, maybe someone just, just was being a nuisance or something and, you, and you, you, turn, you turn around and you find out who it is and you go, do you know what, that doesn't surprise me at all. Do you know why it doesn't surprise you? Because it's in their nature. Do you understand? You go, that doesn't surprise me. That's not the first time they've done that. And it doesn't surprise you. But you know what does surprise you? Do you know what leaves you shocked? Whenever someone does something and you're not expecting it because you're going, I can't believe they done it because that is not like them. Okay? Do you know what? If God comes through for us in arenas and we're absolutely flabbergasted, it's because we don't know who he is. But when you know who he is, you're not flabbergasted because you're going, God, that's just like you to do that. Many have had situations in your life where you go, God, that's just like you. Because you're faithful. That's just like you to come through for me. Because you are a God of love. And you are a God of mercy. And God, you do open up doors. And God, you do bless. And God, you do bring favor. God, that is just like you. And when you know God's character, you should not be shocked. If you are shocked, amen. All right, let me put it this way. Let the world wonder. And let us expect yeah? Let the world wonder. You see, people really, it's really people in the world that really need to see signs and wonders. We don't need to see the signs and wonders to believe God. I'm going to walk by faith. I don't walk by signs and wonders. I walk by faith. But if I walk by faith, you see, I'm not following signs and wonders. I'm believing that signs and wonders are following me as I follow Jesus. So I'm not following signs and wonders. I'm following Jesus. And I believe that signs and wonders will follow me. Signs and wonders follow the preaching of the gospel. Signs and wonders follow the word. Amen. The the, the signs and wonders confirm. So I'm going to speak the word expecting to see great things happening. You know why? Because I know my God. And my God's a great God. He's a mighty, awesome God. Awesome in power and might. Amen. So we should live with expectancy. Let me just show you this here um, story here this evening. Just for a moment. I heard somebody say one time, I, I, I can't ask the person he's dead like, but you know, Smith Wigglesworth was a great man of God. Awesome man of God. Just full of boldness and faith. But I heard a story that, you know, Smith, Wigg- Smith Wigglesworth, they said, died because he prayed for someone and they didn't get healed. And the shock killed him. Do you know what? It's the other way around for the church today. Somebody gets healed. Shock might kill a few people. Do you know what I mean? Because they're, they're, they're not expecting it. But Smith Wigglesworth lived expecting things to happen in his life. Amen. He expected things to happen. And do you know what? We should live like that, expecting God to move mightily in our lives. Amen. But do you know what? Look at this story here. And um, this is the story here of whenever um, Jesus had 
had um, sent the disciples you know, to go to the other side. Jesus had went up into um, the mountain to pray. But just before this story, let me bring this out as well. Just before this story, Jesus had fed the 5,000 okay, with five loaves and two fish. It was an amazing miracle that took place. And this miracle, if you, if you take time and look at it, this miracle really took place in the hands of the disciples. The wee boy gave the lunch to the disciples. The disciples brought it to Jesus. Jesus lifted it up and blessed it and then took it back and gave it to the disciples and the disciples distributed it to the multitude. And this miracle took place in their hands. Can you imagine a miracle like that taking place in your hands? And there's a message in that. I'll get to it in the next couple of weeks. But you know what? The miracles do take place in our hands. Amen. So we don't need to be waiting for God. God's waiting for us. Amen. So they went and they distributed the, um, this food out. And the Bible says that they ate as much as they could. As much as they would. This five loaves and two fish wasn't enough to fill this wee boy. But I'll tell you by the time the blessing of God came upon it, it was enough to feed a multitude. Can you imagine that there taking place? Okay? And you there. And it happening in your hands, right? And then straight after this, the disciples get in the boat, okay? And they go to the other, they, they go to the, go to the other side, but they end up in a storm going to the other side. And many times that happens to us in life as well. We get a word from God to go to the other side, and you know, storms come in between. But you know what? You just keep your eyes on Jesus, and you're going to make it to the other side. Amen. And it says here, and straightway he constrained his disciples to get into the ship and to go to the other side. Before unto Bethsaida, while he sent away the people, this was all of the people from the, um, the feeding of the five loaves and the two fish. And it says here, And when he had sent them away, he departed into the mountain to pray. And when evening was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea. And it says, And he alone on the land. So Jesus is on a safe place, and they're in the storm. But how many of you know Jesus will leave his safe place to go to where you were? Where you are because you need him. He didn't just stay where he was. I mean, you know, Jesus didn't stay in heaven where it was safe. No, he came right here, right into um, this earth to, to take, to take our, our place so that we could take his place. That's what he did because he will not stay in a safe place. He'll come to your rescue. He's a savior. A savior comes to your rescue. And so we see Jesus getting up and going on the water. And we know the story where Peter got out of the boat as well um, and came to Jesus. But I'm not going to go. I'm looking at this in Mark. So it's not showing that part of that story. But when you look in the old Gospels, you'll see it. It says, And he saw them toiling and rowing, for the wind was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he cometh to them walking on the sea. And look at this here. And he would have passed by them. That's really interesting statement. He would have passed by. <laughs> you know Jesus was on the water but he would have kept walking unless someone would have called out to him you know what that lets us that lets us know something you see God's a gentleman if you want to put it in those terms God will not force himself on you he comes in all of his love and all of his grace and all of who he is but you know what you have to let him love you You'll have to call out to him for him to come to your rescue. That's why the Bible says call upon him. Amen. Call out to him. Do you know what? You can be in a situation where you need him, but you know what? Don't be sitting waiting 
and not doing anything. Step out in faith and believe him. Call. Say, God, I need you. Amen. I need you. You're a good God. You see what happened whenever um, Jesus was leaving Jericho? Do you know Jesus would have just kept walking, leaving Jericho? But there was a man that cried out and said, Have mercy on me, son of David. And the people told him to shut up. But what did the Bible say? He cried out the more. He cried out. Do you know what? We need to be people that cry out to him and say, God, I need you. God, I receive from you. God, I take what you have for me. Do you know what? Uh, the, the woman with the issue of blood, she was coming behind Jesus, but Jesus didn't stop. He kept walking. And do you know what she did? She just came and she took what he had. And that's the way we need to be. Do you see, God's, everything that we need is in Jesus. But you need to, by faith, go and receive and take what is yours in Christ. Amen. And the road to Emmaus was the same thing. The Bible says Jesus just would have kept walking. But the two disciples said to Jesus, come into the house. And you know, we don't need to, you know, we used to sing songs like that, don't pass me by. Do you know what? God's not, it's not that God's passing you by. No, he's there for you, but he's not going to force himself on you. You have to come and say, I take what is mine in Jesus' name. I receive what is mine. Amen. Amen. We need to be good takers. Amen. The Bible says, off his fullness of all we received. He's full. We have to come and take. We have to come and take off his fullness. Amen. That upsets some people, but I'm going to take everything Absolutely. that Jesus has for me. And I tell you, he, he loves it. He loved it when that woman with the issue of blood came and just took it. He turned around and said, daughter. Amen. Daughter. I'll tell you, I bet you he was smiling and looking at her and saying, boys, I'm glad you came and took what I have for you. Amen. I'm going to take everything that he has for me. Look at this here. It says, But when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed that it had been a spirit and cried out. For they all saw him and were troubled. And immediately he talked with them. And he said unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. And we know the story. That's where Peter gets out and walks in the water. Okay. Let me just fast forward. Verse 51. And it says, And he went on to them into the ship. And it says here, And the winds ceased. And look at this. And they were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure and wondered. Now, when you look at the words here, when it says sore amazed, it means exceedingly, greatly amazed. The word amazed there means out of wits, astounded, besides oneself. I mean, wow! That was like me at the Grand Canyon. You know what I mean? I was blown away. I wasn't expecting it. Um, measure there is super abundant or excessive. And wonder is to have an admiration and marvel. When you look at that, they were excessively wondering. They were blown away. They were flabbergasted. And you know what? Jesus was not impressed one bit. Isn't that interesting? Amen. I think that's amazing. Jesus wasn't impressed. Jesus didn't go, oh, that's great. Do you know why they were blown away? Look what it says. For they considered not the miracle of the loaves. Amen. For their, their heart was hardened. Do you know what? A hard heart is blown away. 
when God does mighty things. Do you know why? Because a hard heart is not expecting God to do great things. Many have had God do great things in your life. Do you know what it's saying here? Live every day with the awareness of how good God has been to you. Knowing that he'll do it again. You know what it's saying here? Don't forget the great things that he's done for you. Don't forget. Don't forget. Many have had God come through for you. Many know God's faithful. When you look back, you know the Bible, well it wasn't the Bible, it used to be a song, count your many blessings, name them one by one and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Amen. Do you, know what, do you know what we need to do when we face difficulties? One of the best things we can do is go back and remember. Do you know what it does? It keeps our heart aware and not healthy off. God, you are an awesome God. If you did it once, you'll do it again, Lord. Amen. But do you know what, when, when we're panicking? <laughs> and we all do it from time to time. And then when God does come through and we go, Wow! Oh, I'm blown away! No, we should ne really, we should never be blown away as believers. Do you know why we should be expecting God to do great things? Because he's a great God. Amen. I know we do. At times. There's times in our lives where we're, we're not on, 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 on our game. And do you know what the good, the good thing is? Is God understands that. But the answer is to go back to him and start looking at him. Being reminded of all the great things that he's done in our lives. Amen. Just in finishing, let me say one last thing this evening. Do you see in the miracle of the loaves and the fish? After everybody had asked, what did Jesus say to do? Go and gather all of the fragments and how many baskets did they fill? Twelve? Twelve baskets? So I asked God one time and I said, like, God, why did they have to go around carrying every fragment? And I believe God spoke to me and said, because every one of them was a miracle and don't take for granted what I do. Do you know what happens many times? People take for granted when God does move mightily. And do you know what happens? They cheapen. And they take it for granted. And do you know what? When someone's cheapen you, for, to you, you can let it go very easily. Huh? Do you know what? Everything God does for us, it's a miracle. Amen. Remember every fragment. Remember all of the great things that God has, has done in our lives. You know, I, I, I talked to a great man of God um, last year, and he was, he was saying to me, he says, he's talking from a ministry point of view, but he said there's many ministers today that have sold out for money. They've sold out the anointing on their life for money. Because they're pursuing money instead of pursuing Jesus and pursuing the anointing. And that's true many times. And do you know why? Because we don't value many times the greatest things in life. I was listening to Kenneth Hagin, a great man of God, and he said, and like I would have been in the 80s, he was saying, he says, you know what, there's going to be a lot of people that they're going to forfeit the anointing on their life because they're going to pursue money instead of pursuing the anointing. And you know, uh, uh, and you know what that comes down to? We make things cheap in our lives. And that's not to say God wants us blessed, and many of you know that. God God's a God of prosperity and a God of blessing. But money is not the priority of our lives. The kingdom of God is the priority of our lives. And when you seek first the kingdom of God, all these things will be added unto you. Amen? But you know what all I'm saying is this. 
you know what? When we lose that awareness of what God has done for us, do you know what? Many times we cheapen what he does. Do you know what? I'm going to stand in awe of who God is, but I'm not going to be flabbergasted when God comes through and does great things. Do you know why? Because I'm expecting it. Because it's in his nature. Amen. It's in his nature to be faithful. It's in his nature to look after you. It's in his nature to take care of you. Amen. It's in his nature to heal you. Heal you. Amen. Amen. It's in his nature to open up doors for you. Amen. Amen. It's in, his, it's in his nature to bless you beyond your wildest dreams. To do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think. That is in his nature to do that. So why don't we expect him to do it? Amen. Let the world wonder and let us expect.